If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Horse welfare and safety are of utmost importance where humans have any interaction with horses. Within the courses at International Horse College, we only utilise methods that promote safe and humane ways of interaction between horses and humans. We only support safe methods of educating riders, handlers and trainers about horse welfare. Internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Now someone we've got on today who is absolutely brilliant with his horse safety and welfare and is a very good instructor. We've had him on a few times before. He's talked about flat work. He's talked about jumping. Now he's going to talk about us getting our head in the game. So he's giving 10 ways to get your head in the game and it's Brendan Bergen. How are you, Brendan? Pretty good, pretty good. I got a bit of a cold at home, so you'll have to excuse if there's any coughing and sloshing <laughs> as we go along. Okay. I hope you've got a drink of water or something there that you can um, have I a do. drink as I you do. go. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> Brendan, this whole getting your head in the game, tell us why we need to get our head in the game. I mean, you know, you've taught us a lot of technical details. You came on, you talked about developing control of speed over the fences. You're talking about precision over the fences. You're talking about um, developing acceptance and throughness. And now you're talking about getting your head in the game. How important is that? I suppose the, the first thing to, to be always thinking in my head is I'm always, I try to have a, a student mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to always be learning something. So um, last summer, our summer, not yours, um, <laughs> I was at a pony, a pony club camp and every year they bring in someone to talk to the kids about something. So yes. this year they had a sports psychologist come in mm-hmm. and talk to us about how we've got to the technical content is all very well, but if your brain isn't calm enough to be able to put it into practice, you're, you're not going to be able to move forward. And the other thing she talked about is that you have to develop skills um, and you have to be able to be calm enough to use the skills. Um, I suppose that's where I'm coming from because I'm a, I'm a stress orientated personality in that like if something goes wrong, I'll have a massive spike of stress and have to try and get it back down so that okay. I can get the head together yep. and be able to do whatever whatever it is that we're trying to do. So I suppose I think that we have to be looking outside of our field of riding instructors, coaches, trainers, and mm-hmm. be looking outside going, people are, are hugely to do with our business. So we have to understand how to get them in a state where they can learn. Mm-hmm. In the same way as if your horse is in a heightened flight uh, state yes. because the, they have a phobia of the trailer. Mm-hmm. There's no point in going to the trailer until you've sort of counter-conditioned that um, response maybe a little bit and gotten a bit of camera about interactions with humans near trailers. Yep. Yep. If, yep. So, you know, you groundwork near the trailer and you don't even think about going into the trailer until you can groundwork in the trailer or beside the trailer, mm-hmm. near the trailer, near the ramp and so on. So it's the same thing with humans. There's actually no point in a coach down there going, 
sit up and use your reins if the person is panicking because they're coming down 60 centimeters yes you know it's, it's never going to work out so so mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's what gave me the sort of idea um she was absolutely brilliant what was her name i can't remember i have to look it up um <laughs> okay. i have to okay. look it up and uh, it was that it was that long ago but uh she was just brilliant and she works with the likes of the irish team and and that and and her whole it'll be worn out to the to what we talk about but her whole thing was remember it's not all about technical content mm. it's all it's about confidence and if you don't have confidence then you can't do your job but equally if you don't have competence you cannot be confident yes. and you can't get your head head yes. together yes yes I suppose that's an intro of, of why I think it's mm, important. Mm, mm. I'm glad you have. Yeah. Look, the first point you've got is to get a progressive goal orientated plan together. So, if we want to get a progressive goal orientated plan together, how do we start? How do we do that? You got to start at the end and work backwards. Mm-hmm. So, if your if your goal <laughs> Who says is that? Uh, start with the end in mind. I, I can't remember, but. <laughs> It's something I, I've heard over and over again when you listen to really top people. Like Andrew, Andrew says it all the time, you know, yes. think about where you want to be and then we've got to build the responses in to make that happen. You know, but uh, you have, if you start at the end point goal, then you can figure out what skills you need to achieve and achieve that goal. So, for example, if you decide, right, I want to be able to jump a course of 70 centimeters. Mm-hmm. If you think of typical riding, riding club person, that's probably what they're going to be going for. Yep. 70, 80 centimeters, whatever it is. You start off with, right, I want to jump around the fences. Then you got to go, right, what skills do I need to jump around the fences? And you're probably talking, right, I need to be able to stop, I need to be able to go, I need to be able to turn. I need to have control of the speed and the direction. I need to have my position in a way that I can build that. So you've got to then break it down into small, bite-sized, achievable chunks. And by doing that, you can you can then sort of start seeing a way to it. Because if I told you, right, my goal is to be a four-star eventer. Yep. You look at that and you go, my God, that goal is massive. But if you break it down into smaller steps, maybe in four or five years' time, I might have the skills and my horse might have the skills to do it. Mm-hmm. And there's also the, an acronym they use usually a lot in management um, and team building, and they call it SMART, yes. where you have to have yes. specific goals, measurable goals, mm-hmm. attainable, realistic, and you have to put them on a time scale. Because yep. there's absolutely no point in me saying, right, I want to be a four-star eventer. And just repeating, I want to be a four-star eventer over and over again. If you want to be a four-star eventer, you first got to be a three-star eventer, then a two-star eventer, then a one-star eventer. Mm-hmm. And then over here, we've got EI 100, which is before that, and then yep. EI 90, EI 80. Mm-hmm. And you've got to work your way up to the levels and build those skills. So I suppose the big thing is to decide on your big goals. And, and I was listening to a talk, I can't remember who it was. I'm, I'm very bad at names at the moment. But anyway, uh, and he was saying that if your dream doesn't, scare you it's not big enough and like it's much better to fail at a huge goal than to not have a goal that's big enough yes because we're so self-limiting like i'm sure you never thought that horse chats would be as big a success as it was oh i'm very happy start talking off to your friends and stuff yep and but if you try big pictures you could could have probably seen like it's it's a resource that so many people are using like even my clients who know very little about horse they're all mm-hmm. logging on to horse chats and mm-hmm. coming back to me and bombarding me with questions i'm going oh my god i've actually got to go and i've got to go back and listen to that chat so i, I can actually help you yes so I suppose yes that's, yes that's one sure, of the big things sure. is big goals and break them into small ones yeah yeah and if you have a good coach they can be really helpful with that because sometimes when you're on your own and you're looking at this big goal you can't see the way through. So you need a good coach that knows 
what they're doing and can really give you the confidence that here's the plan, let's mm, execute. Mm, mm. Yes, yes. And I think too, you know, just with a good coach, you've got to have one who believes that you can do it. You know, there's no good a coach saying, oh, I haven't gone that far and doesn't believe that you can do it. I think that's very important as well. Yeah. yeah. And I think sometimes the person doesn't necessarily have to have been there and done it because no. I think we're we're quite obsessed with that yep. because yep. coaching coaching and training of technical content are very different things. Like you have people like um, the new buzz thing is the likes of life coaches. Yes. And a life coach, it isn't necessarily a big, massive, successful business person, but they can coach someone towards that goal. Mm. And I think the big thing to remember is a coach is someone who, who holds you to account. Yes. Who can ask you questions to lead you yes. to the place. Yes. Whereas a trainer is a different job. A trainer's job is to train you the technical skills that you need to do the job. And obviously that person has to have knowledge of of the content mm-hmm. that you're trying to learn or skill you're trying to develop. Yep, yep. No, I, I agree there, yeah. Now, we've got a big goal in mind. We've started with the end in mind. We've worked out smart goals, but having a logical sequence of training. How are we going to do that? Okay. I, I always think of, and, and it, it's in every chat I've ever talked to you about, um, yep. because I just think it's, it's so important. Is, you know, you have to have a reference of training in, in that you have to decide what we are going. So um, the ones I have four that I use, as, as you probably know, I have William Micklem's constants, which mm-hmm. are acceptance, calmness, forwardness, straightness, and purity. I have his variables, direction, speed, uh, impulsion, balance, and timing. I wouldn't forget anything now. Mm-hmm. Um, the German scale of training, which obviously we have to have in mind when we're doing dressage, because that's what's used as the measurement criteria, rhythm, suppleness, contact, impulsion, straightness, and collection. And then we've got the equitation science um, basic responses, or, or not a shaping scale, sorry, um, of basic attempt, obedience, rhythm, straightness, contact, and proof. And unless you have a way of measuring that my horse and I are improving, you cannot see whether your goal achieved or goal not achieved. Yes. Like, because you can't, you can't just go, oh, yeah, I went and clear on the 80s. Just because you were clear on the 80s doesn't mean you did you necessarily did anything well. Mm. Were you clear on the 80s with a good rhythm? Were you clear on the 80s with the horse calm and accepting and forward? Mm. Because just because you got round the course of fences doesn't mean you were as successful as you thought. Your coach is there to say, right, in order for us to be able to progress to the 90s, your speed needs to improve or your direction needs to improve, whatever. So I just think having a a, a way to input your info into a system is important to be able to get something out of the system. Yes, yes. Okay. So I'm just digesting, writing a couple of notes. It's what I do. <laughs> yes, but no, then, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Number three, only do your job. Who else's job would we be doing and or who else's job could we be doing and why should we only do our job? Okay. And um, again, it comes from that inventor mindset. You know, the horse has a job to do and the rider has their job to do. So as far as I'm concerned, again, there's a lot of recycling in what I say, but anyway, um, the rider has only four jobs. The first most important job is you got to look where you're going and know where you're going. So I call that look and plan. Mm-hmm. You've got to get your speed right for whatever it is you're doing. So if you're doing a collected canter in a Grand Prix dressage test, the horse is moving their legs in a, in a slower uh, beats per minute. If you're coming down, to a four-star massive trachaner, 
the horse is going to be drumming across the ground in a really big canter and the legs will be moving quite quickly because the beats per minute needs to have that blood up feeling. Yep. Um, yep. So that's, I suppose, is, is quite important. Um, the right, other two jobs the rider has is direction. They have to make sure they communicate where are we going very clearly. So one of the things that happens a lot you see with show jumping is someone drags their horse onto the line. The horse starts drifting right and they forget that their job is to make sure the horse has their two eyes on the fence because horses have such poor depth perception because of where their eyes sit on their head. So your job is to make sure the horse is, is straight and on the line to that fence and not dragging the horse on the fence. And the last thing is the rider's balance has to be out of the way so that the horse can jump or if you're doing sitting trotters, you're not bumping on the horse's back and breaking their rhythm. Um, and the horse's job is everything else. Like, there's nothing we can do to make a horse jump fence. All we can do is get them down to the fence at the right speed with their head screwed on the right way and then they've got to lift their legs. You cannot lift their legs unless you like tie strings around them or something. <laughs> That's just not, re it's not reasonable. Do you know what I mean? So sure. it's, it's important to make sure you go, right, this is my job, this is your job and I'll do my job and I'll leave you to do your job, give you the room to do it. Yep. So yep. that's the way yep. I always think about yep. it. Look, I know that sometimes, you know, you say, oh, well, I've already said that, you know, I've already gone through that. But I think if you're going through it again and again, Brendan, it's got to be important, you know, otherwise you wouldn't be saying it again. And I, each time you come and you talk about a different subject, if you're saying something that you've said in a previous chat, it's because it's important, okay? The other thing I think, of, think about is that that's often, I, I, I feel myself is, riding is is a simple sport. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like the priorities are simple. Um, the analogy I use a lot is that, you know, it's it's riding a bike. You know, if you're if you're going around a corner on a bike, you slow down a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Or mm -hmm. if if your bike starts to wobble, it's probably because you're going too slow. It's like you think about someone coming up a center line, you know. And yes. usually the reason why people wobble on the center line is because they're riding it too carefully. And mm. um, William Fox Pitt says you have to um, look the judge in the eye and dare them to give you less than a nine and then ride through the windscreen. Yes. And do you know what I mean? Yes. And I'm there going, do you know what, that's such great advice, you know, because the, the judge should feel you're coming up to them. Now, mm -hmm. I'm not sure about the look in the eye and dare them to give you less than a nine. <laughs> I tend to, to, to smile at them and go, I'm friendly, I'm nice, look at my lovely horse. But he's he's a different he's a different sort of guy in that like he's in the sport so long and he's just so brilliant in in his um in his competition record that he can do that. Yes, 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 yeah. Look, something that you may have talked a little bit about before, but again important is about the breathing. Breathing, focusing the mind. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Um one of the big things that um the psychologist at the Pony Club uh, camp was saying was that breathing is an involuntary response that we mm -hmm. have so when you get stressed you start to breathe faster and get and get stressed and it's kind of like when we talk about horses and, and their legs moving in that when a horse is stressed they do fast legs so if we can reduce how fast their legs are moving sometimes we can um, reduce uh, the flight response even if we can't reduce the stress and by reducing the flight response, then hopefully the stress can ebb away. So it's the same with humans. One of the biggest problems I see as a coach, especially at the riding club level, is that people hold their breath when they do a show jumping round. 
how many times you come back after a children's run and go, oh my God, I can't breathe. And yes. that's because you came into the children's run and stopped breathing. So if you can train yourself to calm your breathing, it can help. But obviously the time to train yourself to calm your breathing is at home in training. There's absolutely no point in standing there with someone having a panic attack shouting, breathe, because it just won't happen. It's something you've got to go, right, I'm feeling stressed. Now I need to think about my breathing. Breathe in for four and out for seven or whatever it is to try and calm you and focus your mind. I do, I've, for the past sort of year, I've been doing a mindfulness app. Um, and one of the big things he does is he tells you to note your breathing. You don't have to do anything about it, but note your breathing and be aware of your breathing. By bringing the awareness to your breath, sometimes you can push away um, the external factors. So calm, controlled breathing is, I think, very helpful. And again, I'm one of the people who's, I'm a total hypocrite in that I'm saying, yeah, I have calm, controlled breathing. At the end of the cross country uh, <laughs> phase of the event, yep. I can't breathe because I hold my breath. I really, and I, I practice at home and I try and do it, but still at, at the end of any cross country course, I I can't breathe because I, I've been holding my breath. The first thing about, you know, fixing a problem is to actually acknowledge that you have a problem and then you can work yes. on it. Because if you're saying, <laughs> no, I don't, <laughs> you know, like I, I am acknowledging that, so now I'm going to work on it. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. So, and it's little, and again, it's little goals. Like if you take the breathing um, and you go, turn into goals, go, right, um, I'm going to, I'm going to take 10 breaths before I get to the first fence okay. or something, yep. you know, you can, you can break down and then after you can do 10 breaths, the first fence, maybe you can do five breaths to the next fence or something where you're consciously able to do it and you do it over a small fence or whatever. And I suppose it's, you know, you gotta, it's as coaches, we're developing goals, developing skills. So if we can, if we can bring our awareness a little bit away from the technical content and a bit towards the confidence, sometimes a big change can happen in the rider. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So, if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine Maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. Another um, tip that I had for eventing and riding cross-country is so many strides in, so many strides out. So you're just keeping the rhythm, you know, keeping the rhythm of the galloping yeah. as you're going and you just go breathing in for, you know, three or four and out. And then you just yeah. keep that rhythm all the way around. Yeah. And, and then as you go over the fence, you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's always that. <laughs> All right. Now, leave your life at the gate and be in the moment. We talk about being in the moment. We talk about being in the moment when we're talking, you know, communicating with people, communicating with horses, but this is at the competition. It's the same thing, being in the moment. Do you want to talk about that a bit more? 
Yeah, like I suppose that like the big buzzword at the moment is mindfulness. Mindfulness. Yeah. We're all talking about yeah. mindfulness yeah. and all this, that, and the other. Uh, mindfulness is also the same sort of thing as competition state. You know. Yes. Um, and the big thing is, if you're going in to jump a meter ten, or it doesn't matter what you're going in to do, you can't come in and start working around a meter 10 course going, oh God, I've got that chat with Glennis and mm, I find yes. her hard to deal with because she's always <laughs> asking a difficult question. Because then then your mind is over, is is with is with what's going to happen with Glennis later or yes. or with the fight you had with the boyfriend. And, mm-hmm, and if mm-hmm. it's not on the job, it, it's not helping. Having said that, sometimes taking your mind a little bit off the job can help. So for example, sometimes if I'm feeling really stressed and and the course starts going badly, I sing a song in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's usually something simple and, and cyclical, like um, one thing my wife makes me do at home when things are going badly is she makes me sing when you're happy and you know it out loud. Yes, yes. You know, when you're happy and you know, clap your hands. And sometimes if you, can, if you can do that, it can take your mind off whatever problem is causing you not to focus and mm-hmm. bring you into sharp focus. And um, the other thing I think is sometimes if like we often call dressage, stressage. Sometimes if you can take five minutes or even two or three minutes to do like a little mindfulness session sitting on the horse where you're focusing on your breathing, it can be more helpful than going, oh God, I've got to do my canter before I go in to make sure the horse is going for. Sometimes it can be more helpful to go, uh, let's focus on me. Because yeah. again, a bit, little bit like Eric Smiley says, you know, a horse is good to go. Like we focus so much on warming the horse up and warming the horse up is to do with warming them up between their ears, mm-hmm. not so much warming their muscles. Now, look, warming up their muscles is important. I'm not saying, oh, when you're going out cross country, sure, just go, it'll be fine. But if you've warmed the horse up sitting for five minutes or walking around for five minutes, focusing on your breathing and getting your mind in the moment can be really, really helpful so that you don't forget the test, so that you've got enough ram to do the test and when i say ram i'm talking computers random access memory that's what makes our computers slow or fast mm-hmm. so you have to have enough ram for getting into the test and if your computer's got a load of stuff going on in the background it's exactly the same as your brain like my computer before i came on the chat this chat it had a load of stuff going on in the background i couldn't get it to log in to skype to get mm-hmm. on the chat yep and um, so eventually i had to abandon it but but it, it's more you got to make sure you have enough compute cycles going in the moment to be able to do the job. Yep, yep, yep. What if it is going wrong? What can we do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I suppose that's the big thing, isn't it? You know, um, if it's going wrong, you've got to remember what's going wrong. You know, oftentimes someone will, you know, they'll have the first fence down in a course of 14 and then the next fence goes down and the next fence goes down. And the reason why... The second fence goes down is because they're thinking about the fence yes. that's just gone. Yep. You know, to quote Kung Fu Panda, which is a, actually a brilliant um, coaching tool in a way, um, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you have to focus on the present. So the only thing that's present is the fence that's coming right in front of you. Um, that's the, what has to be dealt with right now. Um, and I think in the same in, in dressage, you've got to focus on, you know, maybe my 20 meter circle look like a, a potato, but I can still do a really good job of doing the rain back at sea. Mm. 
you know, you've got to yes. forget, you got to move on and, yes. and don't get stuck. And that's what all the top people do. Like, again, I, I'm on a bit of a William Fox pit kick at the moment, but if you watch him jumping, you'll never see him, him turn his head mm, and look mm, back. Mm. He never does. Yep. Um, and if you watch, if you watch him, like if you get an action shot of him going over, um, say the triple, because there's nearly always a triple down the long side, you'll see that by the time he's over the second part, his head is turned and looking towards fence number seven or whatever's coming up next because yep. he's done his job. Um, and I suppose that's, that's what we need to be doing is you've got to be thinking about what's your job and try and stick with doing your job and not get stuck in what you've done. Mm-hmm. 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 Now, but it's hard, you know. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I'm thinking about the inner voice. You know, the inner voice is going to help us, hinder us. Tell us how do we can get our inner voice to help us and not okay. hinder us. Right. Um, I read a book called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by, yep. I think her name was Susan Jeffrey or Jeffries, I can't remember which it is. And she talks about the inner voice as your chatterbox. Mm-hmm. And your chatterbox can either say things like, oh, my God, I've got to do this chat. And I'm not sure whether I'll be able to answer Glennis's questions. And maybe she'll send me a curveball and I'll look like a Wally or whatever. <laughs> or you can have your inner voice and, and train it to go, oh, yeah, I'm doing this chat with Glennis. It's going to be great. She's going to be asking me questions. And if I don't know something, then I, I can go and look it up or I can say that. And then I can come back in my next chat and, and talk about it. Okay. And I think it's, it's really easy to let yourself go, oh, my God, that course is very big. Oh, that line is very tight. Oh. Or you can go, okay, yeah, okay, it's challenging. So you've got to accept it. It's a challenging course. Um, it's a, it, my, I jumped that height at home and we had a bit of trouble, but what I've got to focus on is the speed, the direction mm-hmm. uh, and my balance and yes. looking and planning where I'm going. And I think it's really important to, to acknowledge, like you said earlier, you've got to acknowledge, yeah, I'm afraid or yeah, I'm finding it difficult or this is challenging. But even the vocabulary you use can help. Like if you say, I'm scared, mm, mm. then you're you're kind of I think you're kind of lighting up that that part of your brain where if someone was pointing a gun at you, yes, you'd be scared, and you're lighting up that part of your brain. Whereas if you go right, I'm finding it challenging. Challenges are there to be overcome, whereas fear is something to can that has the feeling of freezing. I think so. You just change the vocabulary. I find this challenging. The the turn. The turn is sharp, you know. Instead of saying the turn is sharp, there's there's a strong bending line, yes, you know. Yes. And I suppose it's you've got to at home train your inner voice to say the right thing. So when you get into competition, you go, "Oh, right, challenging line, sharp curve," rather than really hard dog leg. And and you know we've changed the vocabulary in the sport. We don't call them dog legs anymore. We call them bending lines. And I suppose if you can if you can bring your coaching mentality in there as a rider because as a rider you're a self-coach and you can talk in the right way to yourself it can help a lot i can remember i worked for a trainer and he had a young son and every saturday morning his son would go off to football you know and uh, come home again in the afternoon he'd say well how'd you go did you have a winning day or did you have a character building day 
And I think the kids went out and I think they must have lost every single game that season, but a lot of character building going on. So kid came home really happy, you know, what great character he was going to have to go into next season. And they just kept pushing the whole character building. It wasn't a losing day. He didn't lose. He built his character. And that's what happens when you lose. If you you can't go out and win all the time, you just build character. So you talk about Absolutely. challenges. You know, it's not they're not problems. They're just challenges and they, they're yeah. there to be overcome. Yeah, well, it's the same as like if you if you look at how the vast majority of people would ask that child about that match, mm. most people say, "Oh, did you win?" Yep. And it's the wrong. It's it puts the wrong emphasis. Mm. What you should always ask, in my opinion, is if someone says, "Oh, I was at a hockey match. I did my had a hockey match or whatever." You go, "How did you play?" Yes, yes, yes. That's and right. Because you've got to focus. What like and again back to the coaching mentality. You've got to focus on what can be done. How did you play? Yeah, I played well. Right. So you need to play well the next time. Mm-hmm. Or if they go, oh, my God, I played really badly. OK, what skills can we develop so that you will play better the next time? Whereas the problem is that winning and losing is if you lose, you are bad. If you win, you are good. Yep. Whereas if you if you focus on skills, skills can always be improved, whether you did good or bad. And it comes back to that again, that idea of we should always come with a, a student mentality. So mm-hmm. I recently, well, a year ago, started doing this martial art called Aikido. And I started it because I was there going, I need to remember what it's like to be a beginner. And what I'm, what I'm sort of learning is being a beginner is hard. Um, and um, with the likes of martial arts, you're always a student and you're always honing and correcting techniques to make them better. And I suppose it's something that we as trainers can be guilty of is, is coming in and going, you know, I'm the grand poobah. And mm. instead of being the grand poobah, you can, you must go in and learn from everyone and, and never think that I have all the answers. Like, it's amazing when you talk to top people, like you talk to the likes of Andrew mm-hmm. and Andrew is one of the, one of the best people for it. Yes. If someone came to him and gave a, a new theory of learning for horses, that's evidence-based and research-based, Andrew would jump on that train. He would, he would, he would welcome it with open arms and say, great, what can we do? How can we get this? And he would revise his own work and go, right, yep, that's just the way he is open. He wouldn't turn around and go, no, no, hang on, sorry, my way is better than yours. If the evidence supports something, the evidence supports something. And the way evidence, like even in our day-to-day lives, evidence can support things is, did what you do work with that student? Mm -hmm. Was it ethical or did you just eat them and they did it mm-hmm. and I'm guilty of that sometimes that you, you you'll eat a student and it'll work but was it the right thing to do probably yep. not yep but yep. it worked and if it worked and it was the wrong thing to do it probably wasn't the right thing to do mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right that's right now the next point you've got is think like a horse so we're talking about 10 ways to get our head in the game so do we think like a horse so that we can get our head in the game? How does that work? Um, think like a horse. Again, it comes to that idea of mindfulness and yep. being in the moment. Horses don't sit there. Much and all as people would love to think of it. Horses do not sit there in the field going, here she comes. I'm going to give her hell today. They don't do that. No. They they see they see you come and go, oh, God, it's a head color. And they'll walk away. Or, oh, here's the treat machine. Yes. And it's the same in, 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 in the way they go, I'm hungry, I'll go eat. I'm thirsty, I'll go drink. I mm. want to move, I want to run, I want to do this. And they just do that moment. 
um, I saw a great book um, in a shop recently and it was like um, the lessons we can learn from dogs. And I just opened it up and you start going through it and it said um, something like um, always be in the mood to play. or And it's just, it shows that animals are just so present. And a huge amount of our human problems come from not living in the moment and money. We worry about it. And, and again, the money thing is, is the same as not living in the moment. And there's a, a, a healing art called Reiki. And they, they have a, a, the precepts of Reiki. Reiki means like, uh, just for today, I will not be angry. Or just for the day, I will do this. And I think it's a really good way. Just for the next minute, I will, I will focus on my rain counter. Just for this minute, I will focus on my counter. And if you and I think some like I, I'm very guilty of not being like a horse. <laughs> I'm always there going, oh, this bend isn't right. And <laughs> whereas I need to you need to go right. You are we are here. My horse is looking left and I'm trying to look right. How do I get the horse to go center? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how do I get the horse to bend to the right or whatever? So I think it's really important to um think like a horse as much as you can. Yep, yep, yep. You've talked about two positives and one thing to work on. Is that like mm. after a competition? Is that in preparation for another competition? What's the two positives and all one the thing time. to work on? Mm. All, all the time. The time. Okay. All the time. Okay. And um, yeah. So what I what I do with, with my kids and my adults, all everyone that I come in contact with is they come to the end of whatever session it is, they've all got to give me a little star. Yep. A little star is a skill that you've developed or is on the way to being developed. So, for example, if you've got someone who has a problem keeping their heels down, my heels were down more today. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yep. Then you have the next thing is a wish. Something I wish I could change over time. That's like a big okay. goal. So, for example, the person with the heels down is, their wish might be that I can keep my heels down for longer next time. Their big star might be, I got round the course fence and I didn't die. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, um, it, it's just... And I, I, I started off and I used to have them do star, star, wish. And then I was there, the most important thing to leave your client feeling is, is that they achieved. So if you, if you, it gives them a focus for positivity when they leave. Because oftentimes you'll see someone leave a lesson and the coach has, has um, read them the riot act. And that's the last thing they remember is the coach reading them the riot act. Whereas the coach has to go, Here's here's what here's something you did well and, and it's good if you can draw it from them. Mm. Here's something to work on and here's another thing you did well. Yep. Here's your homework now based on what you've told me. And it, it's the skill of the coaches to lead the person to give you, if you like, the right thing, the prioritized thing to work on. And yep. that's the skill of the session is you have to be able to have them know. Because we're not trying to have remote control people going around. No. We're trying to have students that when they go into competition, we are redundant for that moment. Mm-hmm. And I, I do it like I, my, my uh, riding school kids did a little, they're doing a little dress I show. At the end of term, they do a little dress I show, a little jump show. And before they get their sheet back from the judge, because I don't judge them because <laughs> they probably all get fours if I judge them. But, um, uh, they come back to the judge they have to give me the star the small star from their test the wish for their test and the big star mm-hmm. and do you know what's brilliant is that um, five groups have done it so far um, of those five groups nearly all the kids 
picked up correctly on what they'd done well. That's good. Correctly on what they worked on. And they've gone away from it going, I can develop those skills. And some of these kids are, these are walk trot kids. This was their first time doing a dressage test. test, And it's absolutely terrifying for them. And they, they're coming away from it with a positive outlook on the dressage test. And they're also coming away telling me the right things, recognizing what they need to work on and recognizing what they did well. And I think we can sometimes turn riding lessons in a riding school and move it away from sport and turn it into just this is an activity. But it's sport and we should be trying to um, encourage people into um, doing some sort of discipline. Yep, yep, yep. I love the way, you know, even right at the beginning we talked about language and the stars and the wishes for someone who is a bit nervous or a bit worried or, you know, doesn't think they've done very well, someone who may be a bit pessimistic, you start talking about stars and wishes. It's something that they want to talk about with each other. What was your star today? What was your wish today? It's um, exactly. It just puts the whole, yeah, it's the whole impact of the, the whole conversation and what comes from the conversation, I think, really really good ones. What's also interesting about it is like, I, I originally started the stars and wishes thing. I, I, one of the kids came to me and said, oh, did we do this in school? And I went, oh my God, that's pretty lush. And I started off doing it with the kids. And then some of the parents uh, ride in, in, lesson, in lessons after the kids in their mm-hmm. sort of yes, adult lessons. Yes. And some of the parents started going, you know, why aren't we getting our stars? And I wish, okay, well, we can do it. Because <laughs> I was there going, you, can't, you don't want to treat adults like kids. But adults <laughs> love the idea of stars and wishes just yes. as much as the kids do, yes. and maybe even more. And I've got some adults and some kids, and what they do is they go home and they have a book and they write down their stars and wishes from the day. And one yep. of the kids last week brought me in her book and showed me the stars and the wishes. She said, look how much they've changed. Wow. And, and wow. this is a kid, this is a, this is a walk, trot, beginnery, bibbly-bobbly, just starting canter. And she's thinking of her progression and she's and she asked me like oh one day do you think i can go and jump like a, a big course of fences and i was like yeah of course you can look at how much your skills are developed in one turn mm-hmm. and this is the this is what we should be promoting is that they're always looking forward to where are we going next yep not yep. where and, and yes. looking back to where you've come from can help and that's the the showing of it like in that she was able to extrapolate it out that's a good challenge to put out there, I think, Brendan, you know, to start off after every ride, think about and analyse your ride. Think about the stars and the wishes recorded in a book and don't look at the beginning of the book until this time next year, you know. And yeah. then you can look back and say, wow, this is how far I've come. Because my wife is brilliant in that um, I come in from a lesson mm. and I'll come in, I'll come stomping in from a lesson. Oh, was rubbish and the kids were this. And she, and she will... Turn around to me, and it's the most frustrating thing to be quoted your own words. She asked me, "Give me a small star, <laughs> give me a <laughs> isn't wish, that, isn't give good? me a big star." Isn't and that good? She does say it with a bit of sarcasm, but you know what? It really helps because yes. it closes off that session. Yes, and then I, I yes. you can always find something good you did. Yeah, I didn't hit a kid. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, you can always find something positive, yep. and the the trick is to prioritize that because mm. you know you look at our industry and you look at mental health. And we have a huge problem with yep. mental health. Yep. Health, And it's because of the way we negatively surround ourselves. Mm-hmm. If we could surround ourselves with a little bit more positivity and finish off each session looking for two good things and one thing to work on. And you can do the same with your day's work. You know, you can come back from your day's work and go, oh, God, my boss is such a pain. But I didn't hit her. 
And mm. I and I also I did my work really well, even though she was on my back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think it's I think it's really important. I think like the rate of suicide, especially among people, young men in our industry, is something that we've really got to be aware of. And I think coaches have to be aware that putting on more pressure onto someone who's already under pressure yes. doesn't help them. It just drives them further down and makes them hide. And we've got to draw people out and and engage them and try and find the positives. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, For sure, for sure. As usual, Brendan, brilliant. Love chatting to you. So much information and so much depth of knowledge that you keep talking, you know, and and lots of good ideas too. I've got a couple of instructors outside. They were just having a meeting. I'm about to go out and say, hey, what about this star's wishes recorded in a book? I think a really good one. Prepare to be laughed at. (laughs) (laughs) No, these ones are really good. They will. They'll they'll come in tomorrow with it all in glitter and everything. So, yeah, (laughs) putting it in the kids. It'll be right. Thank you very much, Glenn. Great to talk to you. Great to talk to you too, Brendan, and uh, look forward to catching up with you again next time. But meanwhile, contact details. If people want to contact you, they can go to horsechats.com search for Brendan, search for Bergen, or what's the best way? The best thing to do is to go to our website, which is bergenequine.com. Yep. And that there you'll find email, phone number, whatever. Perfect. We also have a, quite an active Facebook and Instagram page, and you can contact us through that. But email is the best thing because I sit down every night, I go through the emails and get through, try and get through them. Sometimes uh, sometimes it takes a week to get back, but I will get back to you if you email me. <laughs> I will. All right, good to talk to you, Brendan. See you next time. Thanks, Dennis. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate, and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.